Let's talk about how you can find our show. You can, of course, if you're listening at 90.1 FM Houston, you can listen on air, live, etc., etc., etc. However, if you want to f- listen to us in alternative modes, please remember, go download the TuneIn application from your Android store or your Apple store. Find KPFT and stream it. You can as well just go to our website, kpft.org, kpft.org, and click on on the listen button. And you can listen, you can stream us directly to your laptop, your telephone, your your desktop, wherever. Alternatively, you can go to facebook.com slash KPFT Houston and watch the show. Notice I didn't just say listen to the show, watch the show more often than not. I have various uh, video clips of either something from the news or or, or something that we've done live elsewhere. I'll have some of these clips that you can actually listen to in real time as we're doing the show. And you can see it as well at facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. You can also watch us on YouTube live at politicsdoneright.tv, politicsdoneright.tv. You can give us a call at any time during the show, 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Extension number one to contribute, extension number two to come on air. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your point of view. Whether you agree with me or not, it is immaterial. What I'm constantly saying is America will get better when we don't have to agree with each other to love each other. But when we just have to talk to each other, we can agree to disagree. We can disagree agreeably without a problem. And still, you know, by the way, any of you guys married out there? Do you agree with your wife all of the times? Any of you have kids? Do you agree with them any of the time? You know what I mean, uh, Howard? You have kids. Do you ever agree with them all the time? I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyhow, not at are, all. Not at all. Not at all. So I mean, uh, so why not make it that way with everybody that you deal with? Uh, not agreeing with somebody doesn't mean or shouldn't give one reason to hate somebody. So let's let's get with the program and realize we are all in this game together. We're all on this spaceship together. Uh, We were put here. And uh, you know what? Let's enjoy the ride because we can choose to enjoy this ride. And if we enjoy this ride, you know what, folks? It's all good. It's all good. Anyway, I want to start the program with an interview that I did with uh, Clayton, or rather, uh, her, her name is, Anderson Clayton, you're going to hear about this young lady. This young lady is going to revolutionize North Carolina's uh, progressive movement. And she has become the leader of this entire state of North Carolina's Democratic Party. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to Politics Done Right. She is the youngest person in the United States to run a state party. She is a Gen Z, the generation that knows what they want and will change the country if we leave it whole enough for positive change. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Ms. Anderson Clayton, Chairman of the 
North Carolina Democratic Party. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you so much for um, having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, let me ask you this. First of all, and, and please, uh, this is nothing about being ages. How does a 25-year-old become the chairperson of the entire state of North Carolina, the Democratic Party of that, that state? How did that happen? Some really good organizing. Um, <laughs> well, there is a, a group called the State Executive Committee that's in every single state. And it is what the party chair is elected by from the Democratic Party. And so we had an amazing team of organizers who are all below the age of 30 across North Carolina who got active and uh, came together to really put forward a new ver new vision, a new version of what we wanted to see our party look like, which was one that was uh, more inclusive, more holistic, organized across 100 counties and really saw everyone as worth talking to and every vote worth fighting for. Now, I, I love that you said that every vote worth fighting for. As it turns out, in your Twitter, on your Twitter header, you have the word pound rural in there. Hashtag rural. And that is something that I've been speaking about for quite some time now. You don't cede any votes to anybody. And if, if we could somehow get the older generations to understand that you don't do that, you fight for every vote, that would be, it would make a difference. So why don't you first elaborate on where did you come about saying we need to take the rural folks seriously? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm born and raised in Person County, North Carolina. So it's a county that's around 40,000 people-ish and it's right near the Virginia border. And it just, it was a county my entire life I spent running, I spent it running from, right? I thought that I had to get out of Person County, I had to get out of Roxboro to ever really make something of my life. And I was told myself that growing up there or told that growing up there a lot, right? And I think that most rural folks, when you talk to them, would say the same thing, that the opportunities are not there, the jobs are not there, the way to stay in your home count in your hometown or home county is not there. So I went to school at Appalachian State University and I had the opportunity to, you know, before I became Anderson Clayton in politics, I want to be the next Anderson Cooper, honestly. And so wanted to go into journalism first. And well, 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 time out. Let me just tell you, you have the disposition to do that right now. But right now we need to be in politics, girl. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I, I always dreamed of doing it in a, diff a different way, but I realized I had a hard time just like telling stories rather than actually speaking on them sometimes and being in rooms where, you know, you couldn't give an opinion versus you were just trying to write one down or trying to write the story. I figured I couldn't do that anymore. I actually want to be talking about the issues that I was passionate about. And so um, I went to work for Kamala Harris's race, actually, when she was uh, running for president in Iowa in 2019. And her campaign dropped me in a little tiny town called Bell Plain, Iowa in Benton County. And I sat there and I was like, there are no Democrats here. I do not know why I got dropped here by this presidential campaign. What on earth are they doing? And slowly but surely, I started to find and source Democrats that were passionate about seeing the first Black woman president of the United States. And I, I started to realize, oh my God, if these people are here in Benton County, what could be and exist in North Carolina? And so... I, I found my way back home um, after I'd been on national campaigns for a while in 2021. And I became chair of the Person County Democratic Party in my hometown for the first time. 
And I just started organizing. And I said, you know, I don't care if I never win an election here in rural North Carolina, but I want to give people somebody else to vote for and something to vote for. And um, we ran three really amazing uh, Black Democrats for the Roxburgh City Council in 2021. And we knocked 600 doors three times. And we ran slate cards for the first time. And we got uh, the first ever Black majority city council that Roxburgh had ever seen in its history. And it was a, an amazing opportunity, but it was something that I realized, you know, this should have happened all along. This should have been happening all along. And in the South where, you know, you have really diverse rural communities that no one is tapping into because we've dubbed these places Trump country for the longest time or that they're Republican and that there's never worth an opportunity getting out to them. Person County proved that wrong for me. And it was something where we have an opportunity across North Carolina to do that, but also across our country and, and especially the deep South to do that too, to activate black and brown populations that just don't know our party is really speaking to them right now. What is interesting is you said something that was so important and I don't even know if you, you just ran through it and I don't even know if you see or you heard what you said. When you talk about, you like to speak in stories, you know, it is so important that people don't speak in policy. People listen in stories. They like to know that they can instantiate something within themselves from some story that they've heard and that we always talk policy creates a problem. And I love that you spoke about you want to, you know, I don't know how to write this down or whatever, but I wanted to talk to the people. That's all they're asking for. And that is what the other side has perfected so well. So tell us a little bit about how did you decide that I am going to do that? I'm going to pick up that mantra and I'm going to start telling my story. I, I don't know. I think I've always known that I wanted to, to get involved in some way and do something that was bigger than myself. My mom and my, my grandma were just really strong and vocal advocates for women's rights when I was growing up. But my grandma was somebody that in a rural county, you know, you only knew one Molly Breeze and she yeah. was the person that everybody went to for help, you know, and, and when she, she passed away, unfortunately, four years ago. And, but people, when they came to her funeral, they just looked at me and they said, you know, Molly Breeze was, was the person that gave me my first job. She was the person that gave me the first opportunity for me to do something. She gave me the last $5 that she had one time. And when I think about what a democratic party should be, I think about that. And so I've always, and I think anybody in a rural area would say they grew up knowing that they, they wanted to help people and that they always would. And so to me, organizing kind of became second nature. But when I was uh, going into college for the first time in 2016, um, Republicans across North Carolina were looking at how do they disenfranchise college students the most? And they tried to take away voting sites across every college campus throughout the uh, UNC system and within our state. And I was at school at Appalachian State University, as I said earlier, and the Watauga County Democratic Party was like, no, the hell you're not. Y'all are not going to take away student voting rights because we know that when students vote and they get organized and we and they get active, right, we win elections. And so the Wichita County Democratic Party sued the state board of elections in 2016 in order to keep up a lawsuit that they had going from 2014. And they they kept that voting site, that early voting site on campus. And when North Carolina went red in 2016 for Trump, Wichita County went blue. And this is a county in western North Carolina in the mountains that everybody always depicts as like, oh, you can't go out there. You can't organize out there for Democrats. Right. And they did. And I got involved with that. And it was the first time I had ever really felt like a small group of people coming together and doing something could really make an impact. And I, I don't know, it was kind of like that was my only win in politics for a really long time. Because like I said, I worked for Kamala Harris's presidential race, which didn't work out that well. And then I worked in eastern Kentucky for Amy McGrath. And 
And until I came back home to Roxborough, it was the first election and the only election that I'd won since. But it's what kept me going, you know? And I think that that's something for every bit of young people to to think about right now is that we've got to keep going and we've got to keep pushing and making our communities better. Anderson, you have to put the effort in. You you can't, you can't, you, you can't, you, you can't just throw out some media out there, hope they listen to it. You have to go there and touch them flesh and blood. You got to be out there doing what needs to be done. And that's why you are the chair of the uh, Democratic Party in the entire state of North Carolina, because that is a sort of affirmation that people need to hear. Now, interestingly, when people talk about rural areas um, and, and we talk about speaking in stories, you go into a lot of these areas, hospitals are closing. Whose policies will reopen these hospitals, Ms. Clayton? <laughs> uh, Democrats. And I think that the thing that I keep trying to tell folks is that rural communities right now, the amazing money that we're getting from the American Rescue Plan and the bipartisan infrastructure bill, it's historic. And it is for a lot of different reasons. But when you're looking at rural North Carolina, rural America in general right now, getting this money for the first time, it's the first time in 50 years a federal administration has looked at a place like Person County and said, hey, y'all are worth investing in and your future is worth having 50 years from now. And we're going to give you the money to decide what that can look like and what can propel it forward. And we need people in those communities to be getting to city council meetings and county commissioner meetings and honestly holding out their hands and going, where's my money? <laughs> where's my democratic money that's coming down from the federal government right now? Because they're trying to bring our community back from the pandemic. They're trying to bring our economies back here. And with Joe Biden and the uh, and Harris administration, honestly, investing in manufacturing and bringing it back to being made in America again, right? North Carolina in 2007, when we had NAFTA passing and in every situation like rural manufacturing closing, there was a, a huge decline in jobs and economic opportunity for families that existed all over rural North Carolina and rural America in general for that matter too. But and and I just think like Joe Biden's administration is saying, no, we shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? We shouldn't have made it so that we destroyed economies with that. We should have made it so that there was always a revitalization turn point for, for rural places. And it's just a neat opportunity right now to be able to say that. And so everywhere I go, I'm trying to tell people, Joe Biden believes in your future. Like, that's why we need him to be president. You know, it's interesting because um, uh, wherever if you cause disruption in some particular economy, the, the, if the government created treaties to create disruptions, it's the responsibility of the government to mitigate what it created, right? Mm -hmm. And that is what was missing from NAFTA. I, I, I don't know if you get into this, but one of, one of the great parts of the Medicare for All plans that we have wanting to give everybody healthcare is as we displace insurance agents, as we displace all these other forms that jobs that would be lost with, the, with, with having a efficient, coherent system, there are ways to mitigate for that. In other words, it's not one for the other. Why is it that we don't have Democrats out there selling, not selling, telling that story the way you are able to go out there and tell the story city by city, town by town, uh, community by community? I trust that that is what you intend on doing and building back the North Carolina, the Democratic Party in North Carolina. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that our party, when you look at, and I use Barack Obama a lot as an example, because I think that was really the last time that the Democratic Party actually did sort of a mobilization drive to get people back involved with our party, right? Like his his campaign was energizing. It brought folks out from every walk of life to get involved. And we really haven't seen that type of energy since in our party. And I think we have to question why that is. And, you know, Barack Obama's campaign did what no other one has done. And I feel like they had somebody everywhere. They organized everywhere. They had somebody everywhere you turn with a clipboard that said, are you getting registered? Like, are you registered to vote right now? Because we want you to be involved with this process. So we have to call more people into what we're doing. We have to train more people about how to talk about these things. Because I also think that, you know, right now, folks don't know. And and I had someone the other day that came into my office and they were asking me, they said, Anderson, you know, I can't get Joe Biden's $35 a month insulin. And you know, the one thing that stuck out to me is they said, oh my God, that man just called it Joe Biden's $35 a month insulin. That's amazing right there. But the second imagine thing- that. Yeah, imagine that, right? But like the second thing that he said though was also important is that he couldn't access it right now. And he didn't know what drug company he needed. It's like, and it's for his wife. His wife is on insulin and she's still paying- a month for it. And he said, you know, how do I, how do I go about accessing this? And so we were able to connect him with his democratic state legislators. We were able to say, you need to go back and ask your doctor. Are they actually using Eli Lilly, who is the one that's the Biden Harris administration partnered with to make this happen. But there's still some things around that, that I'm like, we need to be doing this. If that one person's got this question, there's a lot of other people that have to have this question too. Right. And right now we need to have the Democratic Party out there helping educate folks on how to access this and and really making it accessible for folks. It's the same way I feel about the affordable connectivity program, too, in that sense. Excellent. Let me let me let me give you a a quick answer about one thing as far as why didn't we continue with, let's say, uh, OFA, et cetera. Uh, People fear your vibrance, your activism, because if people realize that they're actually empowered, Many of those that are empowered that that want to ensure that you don't remain empowered, they know that power has to be shared. And mm-hmm. what you're promoting there is what a democratic party really should be about, and that is power sharing. Not only power sharing, but an equitable. Not not not. We, we're not looking for equal. We're we, we're not looking for everybody to be the same. We're looking for equal access to success. Equal access to success based on what you want. Now, uh, the last question I always ask is, what would you have liked me to ask you that for some reason I didn't? Oh gosh, I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, how you can get involved. That's my one field pitch always. If there's anybody from North Carolina or that knows somebody from North Carolina that might be listening to the show right now, um, ncdp.org is where you can find out how to get involved. We're doing a volunteer call on Monday at seven with attorney general Josh Stein to talk about where we go from here, because we just had a, um, abortion uh, veto override, unfortunately in our state that, uh, you know, brought into a 12 week abortion ban in North Carolina. And so we're organizing on that and we're trying to make sure that folks are out there in their communities, registering voters and talking to people about November in 2023 and 2024. Well, let me tell you, Miss Anderson Clayton, knowing that uh, North Carolina's Democratic Party is in your hands, the hands of a young woman that seems to have immeasurable energy. I think uh, I, I think only good things are going to be coming out in 2024. So you keep up the good works and uh, uh, thank you for being here on, on this very quick ask for an interview. Yeah, no, thank you for inviting me anytime. Happy to gab. <laughs>
I mean, this this young lady has the energy of a hundred people. Let me just say that. And and what she's doing with the party in North Carolina is immeasurable. Again, like, like I've said, both of these parties, they need an infusion of the youth and to get the good old boys out of there. In America right now, there are three vibrant, vibrant women that I see. Two of them are Congress women, and one is running an entire state party. Here's uh, Anderson Clayton running the entire state of North Carolina. Of course, we have Summer Lee out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who just got elected freshman in Congress, 35 years old. And then we have AOC, who a lot of who she's so good that so many try to malign her, or have folks hate her. But the one thing that every Republican, every Democrat would tell you when she goes into a committee meeting, she is ready. She's on the mark. She's on ball and she's knowledgeable. Same with Summer Lee. And you've just listened to Anderson Clayton. Uh, we have some young people. We need to start seeding these parties to people who can make a difference, who have not been polluted by the cancer that has that that corporations have instilled in older folk, both both on the Democratic side and the Republican side as well, uh, with with all the things that well. Don't get me on the soapbox. Anyway, before we go any further, I want to remind you, this is a call-in show. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your opinions. It doesn't have to agree with mine. And I'm always, always civil with you, respectful to you. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Hit extension 1 to give us a support donation. Hit extension 2 to be on air. 713 713- Five two six five seven three eight. I want to welcome Eric Hayes is on the on the uh, on the chat right now, and he said, "Great school." Talking about the Appalachian University that she spoke about, and Alistair Water thinks she is awesome. Meaning uh, Anderson Clayton was awesome. I mean, uh, her parents have got to be bleem, beaming proud to have a daughter like that. That is. Involved. Anyhow, 713-526-573. Before I go to the other subject, I want to go ahead and uh, do a, a quick pitch here reminding you folks that we are in fun drive mode and this particular program must raise $250 every hour. We haven't raised our quota in over a week, so I want to ask you to s- provide whatever support you can as in now, I'm going to be pitching for the next two, two and a half minutes or so. So you get a chance to call and at 713-526-5738, extension one, without having without losing any of the program. Sometimes I know folks don't want to call during the program because they want to listen. Well, I'm going to be pitching for about two and a half minutes more. So please go ahead and make that call now, 713 713- 526-5738, extension number one, so that I can call your name out as a supporter of KPFT via Politics Done Right. Please remember to state that you're supporting Politics Done Right when you call in. Alternative, uh, well, beforehand, let me go ahead and throw it to Brother Reynolds in the control room. Brother Reynolds. Well, 
Thank you, Egberto. I just wanted to uh, go ahead and talk about Mr. McKinney's bus ride, which is one of, really one of the cool things that we have for you. Uh, $75 donation for a 1.5 hour VIP tour of the historic Herman Park, also the Museum District 2 Texas Medical Center with Mr. McKinney, who is more entertaining than you would possibly believe. It's an open air bus. It's a once a month tour. $75 gets you on and the proceeds go to KPFT. So there, I'm going to help you pitch a little bit. I appreciate that like you would not imagine, my dear Reynolds. Hey, uh, <laughs> let me also tell you guys, folks, this is important. You can, uh, there, you, can don't, you can contribute anything. 25 bucks gives you voting rights at KPFT. 40 bucks gives you rights at KPFT, Pacific Everything. Either 25 or $40 contribution. But if you contribute $100, you also get keep your voting rights, all that good stuff. And guess what? You get the Politics Done Right t-shirt with what again? The KPFT logo, 713-526-5738, extension numero uno. If you take a look at your screen right now, for those of you who are listening at politicsdoneright.tv or at uh, facebook.com slash KPFT Houston, you'll also see those bricks. We are having commemorative bricks with your name inscribed and whatever message you want. That's a $25 a month contribution, and you get a 4 by 8 brick that goes on our path. People see that you are supporting a public station. Likewise, if you want a bigger brick with a bigger message, that's an 8 by 8 brick for $50 dollars a month, and you can get that. Alternatively, folks, my dear brothers and sisters, if you want to have coffee with Egberto, I'll take you out for some coffee. That's a $250 contribution. And we will go out for some coffee, my brother, my sister, whatever you want to talk about. We'll sit down and talk about that's for 250 or more contribution we we have a taker so far uh last week uh so let's go ahead and have more takers i'd love to go ahead and have coffee with you 713-526-5738 extension number one be sure to tell them that this is in support of politics done right for kpft likewise go to kpft.org you can easily support us on just by going to our website, kpft.org, hit the donate button, the first option, and you can see all the different options for gifts, etc. that we have. Just remember to select Politics Done Right as the program you're supporting. I'm going to go ahead now and pass the baton to Brother Gonzalo. Come on in, Gonzalo. Hey, Alberto, how are you? Como estas, mi amigo mío? Talk to me. Muy bien. Not, uh, I'm glad that you just brought the uh, fresh uh, politicians to the audience because that gave you, gives us how hope in the probably not in the next election but in the future that we won't have those uh, old um, people. Let's say that word because I'm. Neither in favor of Biden to be reelected because he's too old in politics and age wise, and also the opponents. And I think we need uh, fresh blood, younger generations to get into power. If we have got that already in Canada, Great Britain, and France, why not here to show the world we are? 
a democracy and we are a young democracy and we are not run by old people who have old mentality and old ideas. So we you know, need to have representatives to show um, the progressive side and whether they're not progressive, even if they are Republicans, they need to be uh, younger. I you know, totally agree with that. Gonzalo, it's interesting that you said that, and it's interesting that you brought up Canada, Great Britain, and other countries, right? Because you saw uh, you saw Biden at the G7, and you saw the young Canadian uh, Prime Minister and the young uh, British Prime Minister, and uh, and you you saw some other people, you know, a, a little bit older out there, and it was like, you know, that, then you saw Biden. Look, I I'm not being ageist here or anything at all, but the truth of the matter is. Uh, we have to share power. And I mean, we look at Senator Feinstein in the Senate and she is harming the, I mean, look, and, and this goes, and this is not sexist either. Some people say, well, how can you talk about uh, her when you had this senator from, I think it was from North Carolina in a wheelchair come into the session sometimes. And look, we all should be cognizant that uh, power should be shared around the ball, age from age all the way down, and that the Senate has an average age of what sixty something, seventy. I don't even recall right now, and that the House has a, a an average age of fifty something. When we when the country is majority under that, it's a problem because it means there is a group of folks that are unrepresented. Uh, so I am. 100% with you. Now, the problem with the uh, on the Democratic side, I mean, the, the Republicans are going to have a vibrant, vibrant uh, primary. The Democrats are unlikely to have that because, again, sillily, uh, we don't believe in, when I say we, I'm talking the party does not believe in having this. I understand. I understand. And I totally agree with you. So it, it is time but again, uh, like I, I, you heard the three young ladies that I mentioned, and it somehow always comes from these young, vibrant women, right? Uh, Summer Lee, uh, AOC, uh, and, and, and uh, Anderson Clayton. Anderson Clayton, I saw her on uh, MSNBC. And, you know, in my, you know, when you're watching a, a news program, you're saying, ask her this, ask her that. Why don't you say it? So I didn't hear that on MSNBC. So I said, you know what? I'm going to call this woman up. So I found her uh, on Twitter and I said, look, I, we are with KPFT here. Love what you had to say. Want to want to talk to you. And she's like, yeah, OK, let's talk. And was she wonderful or not? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think uh, uh, those are the people that we need to uh, uh, get elected. Uh, I mean, we have for the first time in the history a uh, vice president, Kamala Harris. Yes. Uh, I don't think we are ready for a female president for a number of reasons, but I think we definitely need younger generations in power, whether from one side or the other one. Let me ask you, Consalo, I need to interrupt you a second. Why would you say that, uh, We, what, your opinion, why you say we're not ready for a female president? Um, by the way, I just want you to know that during the Obama administration, that's the same thing I said when it was respect to a black president. And I was, I, I was surprisingly wrong. But go ahead. Why did you say that? 
Okay, uh, we both live in the South, and mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, yes. uh, unfortunately, uh, it's hard to get uh, the vote. And uh, in the past, we have seen that with uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, probably we're ready, but uh, I mean... Let me let me let me say one thing real quick here about this Gonzalo because uh, you, you know there's and I'm not a sexist so I am not I mean whether it's a woman or a, oh no I know I, I know you're not saying that for you Gonzalo I know I know you're saying that because of the the the, the environment I understand hold it I I I know who you are I can listen to your commentary and know that you are you know, you're an equal opportunity for everybody kind of guy. Uh, but it's about the people on the outside. I was wrong with uh, Obama in that a candidate, the right candidate is very, very important when you're going to be the breakthrough candidate for something people have never seen before. Uh, so uh, I, I get exactly what you're talking about. I missed that with Obama in the beginning until the March of that year, at which point taking my host hat off. That's when he had my support. Hillary had my support before Biden, before Obama had it until I figured out that he could actually win. Alistair Waters says, Elizabeth Warren would have had my vote. She would have had my vote too, my dear. Uh, Bumble BTF says, many young people would rather an experienced person like Bernie Sanders to represent them. And But you know what? And there are many young people who are ready to represent uh, everybody. Yeah. Anyway, Gonzalo, anything else before I go to the other subject? No, I'm, um, I'm very glad to talk to you about this topic. Thank you very much for the opportunity of talking to the well, audience. Thank and you so Thank you so kindly for listening. Thank you so kindly for calling in. Please let people know that we are back on air live and go ahead, listen to 90.1 FM Houston, either on air or just go to our, our site at kpft.org. Org, org, org. Thank you so kindly, sir. Bye-bye. All right, folks, uh, 713-526-5738, extension number one to contribute to the program. Again, uh, we haven't got anybody to thank yet, and I want to thank somebody. If you're looking at the screen, you can see those blocks and what it looks like on the screen. Love to hear from you. Anyway, last night, uh, I I was watching um, 60 Minutes, and I must admit to have become very irate, especially during these times where we are discussing the debt ceiling, where people want poor people to prove that you are looking for work, to prove that to get these measly dollars that you are humping and going out there looking for a job irrespective. They want you to prove all of this. And look, most people want to work, folks. If you doubt it, go to any ghettos, go to any barrios, go to any, go to Appalachia, go, you see every, you see those bus stops filled. Okay, so our problem isn't that people don't want to work. Our problem is that people aren't getting paid a fair wage. Our problem is that people don't have the social safety net so that while having kids, they can they can have a good job. While I mean, we need to restructure our entire social environment to promote work, to promote all these things. And with a 3% inflation, I mean, 3%. Uh, unemployment rate, that tells us we are pretty darn much at full employment. Look around, you see jobs wanted everywhere. Those people who don't take those jobs, those jobs need to either pay more so that it's worth it's worth your while, 
or we need, and, and not or, and we need to bring more people into a country that isn't reproducing as fast as it's required to keep a sustainable level. So don't dare believe that. But then you watch a 60-minute program and you see that defense contractors are charging for the military. Uh, something that costs $350 retail, they're selling it for $10,000. And because they're the only supplier for the military grade, the military is held hostage to a monopolistic corporation. And you know what? When the military is held hostage to pay whatever it has to pay for these things, it's not the military paying for it. It's you paying for it. So when they're telling you that, oh, by the way, we need to make sure that the measly few dollars that we're giving somebody for SNAP or the measly, measly few dollars that we're giving you for something else, that somehow we just need to prove you're going to work. When do we say that these corporations, you need to prove that you're not gouging us? You don't. Johnny, come on in. Real, Let's get Johnny in. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Uh, there you go, Johnny, come on in. Good morning, my brother. Good morning, Good morning sir. I would have voted for Elizabeth Warren back in 1993 or back in 1973 if she were around at that time and if she was available to run for office. It's not because it's a she or a he. It's because of the progressive attitude overall, progressive policies to say that, oh, we weren't ready to have a woman run for office till now. It's like saying, oh, women in 1973 weren't ready to have their own credit card or be able to take out their own business loans without their husband. This is this kind of thinking is too uh, narrow minded. And it's too it tells you how brainwashed people are when they say stuff like that. I would not have voted for Hillary Clinton. Why? Not because it's it's uh, she it's because she wasn't progressive. She's a hedge fund bunny, just like her husband and her daughter. That's how you vote. You go on policy and voting record, not by their gender. I, I think uh, Gonzalo, Gonzalo is a progressive person, and Gonzalo wasn't speaking about himself. Gonzalo was speaking about exactly what you just said. There's too many close-minded folks that still live in the past, in the bad past, that would not have voted for a woman. That's what I think. Not I think. That's what Gonzalo was pretty much saying. Okay. Well, I wasn't necessarily speaking about your caller, Gonzalo. Got you. His call brought up to mind people I've heard so many times talk about gender in terms of, of political office. And that thinking is why we are the way we are. That's you know, why capitalism run amok. You know something? Uh, you are so right, my brother. You are so right. And thank you for calling and let me know that. Did you see 60 Minutes last night? Uh, I saw part of it. I was in and out of house. Which segment are you referring to? The segment on the corporations getting ripped off. Or, or not, rather, the government getting ripped off by the corporations for defense. Oh, yeah, the Pentagon. Yeah. Yeah, the Pentagon. Uh, we need to see um, so-called mainstream corporate media be more going more in depth than what they did. But it's a teeny tiny start. Too little, too late. But it's better than never. Exactly, and I was happy with it. I was happy, and I don't. I think the actual piece was well done. Actually, um, in this particular one. Many times they they go over. They kind of do it in a lackluster, shallow manner. I think they did a good job here. 
But Johnny, I want to go to Alistair because uh, you know, um, you know, you're my you're my daily brother. You're my daily. So we talk we talk later, okay, brother? I'm your brother from another mother in another the, color. All right, my man. You take care, brother. Alistair, Love you. Alistair, all right, let's Alistair, go to Alistair. Alistair. All right, brother. Alistair, come on in. Let's see. Alistair is on the air. Come on in, Alistair. How you doing? Alistair, you are on the air. And I can't hear Alistair. Okay. Alistair, are you there yet? Okay. I can't hear Alistair. Um, until you work that out, put Alistair on hold. Maybe she's on, on, on uh, mute. And then let's go to Augie. I am not connected. Oh, there is Alistair. There she is. Come on in, Alistair. How you doing? Oh, one more time. Alistair, we can't not hear yet. you. Oh, can you hear me now? Okay, I uh, put Alistair on hold. For some reason, we have an issue. Let's see if it's an Alistair phone issue, and let's go to Augie. Augie, how are you doing? All right. We may have a tad well, bit. Well, we have some tin cans and string problem this morning, so we're going to see if we can figure this out. Okay, we'll, we'll fix that, and let's go ahead and talk about the, the 60 minutes and until... Uh, Howard, uh, get all those phones magically uh, taken care of, and then we'll come into uh, all those calls that are coming in right now. All right, uh, look, so the 60 minutes, l- let me first prep, uh, preface this. Uh, right now, the Republican Party is asking all those people who are getting some sort of assistance, and remember, people are not getting assistance because they are that they're bad people. They're not getting assistance because uh, somehow they're not able. They're getting assistance because our economic system is not paying a fair wage. And if you are getting a minimum wage and you're going to go to a pizza shop that only wants to give you a minimum wage and you have to drive into that minimum wage with expensive gasoline, you could, it could end up costing you more to go to work than to stay home. That's a mathematical issue. Now, we are always asking the poor, prove that you must have, prove that you must have, as if people just want to take. The takers in America are not those who you would think of the takers. That person getting a measly few dollars for food stamps, that's not a taker. That person getting $10,000 20 times a month for something that costs $350, that's a thug. That's a thief. That's who many of our corporations are. Let's see if Alistair can come in now. Uh, I, I see that um, the, the green's on the screen. Alistair, are you there now? Okay, I'm not sure what's happening with our... Okay, who's on? Alistair? Am I on? You are on now. Talk to me. I I hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. We had a bit of phone problems, but we're fixed. No problem. No problem. Hey, good morning. Good morning, my beautiful friend. Hey, thank you, brother. I just got to address my mom worked two full-time jobs as a single parent to support my little sister and I and herself. And she made too much to qualify for uh, 
food stamp benefits or Medicaid wasn't even an option at that time for us. We didn't have health insurance and we barely, barely, I mean, like, thank God for our church because survival was what we were running in the majority of my, my teenage years and saw my mom working herself to death and so the fact that people are saying, you know, they don't have, what is it, skin in the game? Right. Is is such a crack of crap. I can't even, and I didn't get to see my mom, you know, for four freaking years of my life growing up when I could have really used her guidance as a teenager. So. Let me- these, these punks that are talking smack that we've got welfare bombs and that I know many people in my very, very, very red district where I grew up were like, nah, you don't deserve it. And you don't. Yeah. And yeah, no. I want I want for all those folks that are, for all those people right now that have to get some assistance and are out there working and are doing other things, I want, I want to tell you something. And, and this is from somebody who's worked hard, had several businesses, etc. I'm talking about myself. I have never once looked at somebody needing assistance as some uh, negative issue. I've always looked at it as, have I not been blessed to have a to to have chosen a particular profession because here's the deal Alistair you have teachers right now that have to be on food stamps in certain school districts you have people that are going out to work every day doing important work i i used to say this my garbage person is more important than many other folks in my life uh, people don't people don't yeah, just yeah. Don't get it. They, they, they have allowed a corporate structure to define what is worthy of money, what is worthy of wages, of a particular wage, etc. That stockbroker that is making hundreds of thousands of dollars contribute nothing to society. That teacher in that classroom who's taking care of my kid that's only making a few thousand dollars a month to barely make it. She is so much more important to society than those charlatanes up there and in the boardroom who just because they're called execs make all this money but contribute very little to society. That person that is cleaning that tank, that oil tank in Pasadena, who right now continues to vote for conservatives who look down at them, is more worthy than the, the CEO of Exxon. We have to learn our worth. We have to learn that we are the ones who make America. We are the ones who contribute. So thank you for that. And thank your mother for that. My, she, yeah. I also want to point out that there are military families that fall under the federal poverty level, which is exactly, but. They also receive, you know, SNAP benefits and things like that because, and I'm sorry, but our military people talk about, 
we have to support our military members and our vets and that. But they're having to go to war potentially. They sign up their lives to fight for our democracy. Alistair? Oops, we lost Alistair. Alistair, uh, we, we, we lost you. Let's go to Augie. Augie, come on in. Hello? Hello? Yes, you're on, Augie. Okay. Well, to continue with Alistair, I was in the military. I'm a retiree. And uh, that means I can go on base and, and uh, get a room and go to the commissary and go to BX. And uh, people were complaining about uh, years ago about people on, on food stamps and getting uh, all this uh, other stuff from the government. Well, like Alistair said, I, I'm in the commissary, which is a military grocery store at a checkout line. And at the next checkout line, there's a young enlisted man with his wife and children. And when they're paying for their groceries, they're paying with food stamps. They're called food stamps at that time. Now it's SNAP. And uh, here are all these Republicans supporting our military when our military, the ones that are on the front lines, are worrying about feeding their families and taking care of them. And uh, that's been going on for a long time. I was in the military four years during Vietnam, and the military was different back then. We were taken care of. Uh, we had base hospitals on a lot of the bases. Now, most of those hospitals are closed. Uh, I was in the reserves, and I went to California for three weeks active duty that I volunteered for. And I was put in charge of some young active duty Air Force men. And when I was young and during Vietnam, we played football, and guy got hurt, broke off the leg. We took him to the base hospital. He was taken care of. Well, these young guys, they were talking about playing football, and they broke an arm. And one of the guys got his arm broken. They took him what used to be the hospital, but now it's a clinic, and it's got a medic. And the medic said, yeah, he's got a broken arm, but you're going to have to take him to the hospital in town. They don't uh, it's a do shame like that. It is a shame. Yeah, so Augie. Yeah, it is a shame. Augie, I only have five minutes and I got to do a little bit of pitching here. Any quick uh, closer that you can give me? Oh, oh, nothing about pitching. You said uh, $250 for uh, coffee with you. Absolutely. Well the, uh, pe well, the people there that I called don't know anything about that. If it's not T-shirts or coffee mugs, they don't know anything like concert tickets or anything else that you, the show is providing. They don't have anything about it. So I just uh, asked for $250 towards you, and uh, they said, well, they'll make a note and have member services call me up about that. Just thought I'd let you know about that. Well, so, thank you. Anyway. Did you did, did they at least take your credit card and all that good stuff, or I might need to tell no, these they, folks no, something? No, 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 they didn't because they couldn't find it. Ah, okay. Well, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to tell folks, what, what I try to tell folks is as long as they give $250 uh, for whatever, it, whatever they want to do, because that, that would be my fault. I didn't tell, I didn't tell them whatever they give $250 for, even if it's for tickets or whatever, on, as long as it's for politics done right, I will, uh, yeah. I will have coffee with them. So as long as they say politics, are, so you can call them back, Augie. And tell them, uh, just do some, just give 250 and we got a deal. Okay, man? 
All right. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so kindly for calling in. Anyway, folks, I only got a few minutes more. Thank you, Augie. Here is here's the deal, folks. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Extension number one to give a support. Uh, $40 to go ahead and, uh, and, and be a voting member of the Pacifica Network. Uh, you can also provide $100 for a T-shirt with the Politics Done Right logo and the KPFT logo. Or if you donate $250, just tell them you're donating $250 because they don't know that, they don't know that, that I gave this impromptu offer online. And once I see $250 tagged to my account, not my, not my account, to tag to my, my program for, uh, for KPFT, uh, we are going to go ahead and have some coffee to talk whatever you want to talk about. 713-526-5738, extension number one. Uh, we are behind on politics done right on all our uh, contributions for that. So please call 713-526-5738, extension one, and provide whatever service, uh, you, whatever option you can. Anything you want to say real quickly, Howard, before I close this baby out? Oh, it's just been another great show, Egberto. Well, thank and, you, guys. Uh, it's I only great because you are there. Interview. Oh, I was uh, appreciating your interview earlier. So, yes, we do need to get some young blood in there, get fresh, fresh ideas, get some of these old guys out of here. I know we need to get out of the way. And, you know, I think we're getting out. Guys like you and I get out of the way. We need the others to get out of the way. You know what I mean, uh, Howard? Indeed. I think Jack right. might have something to add here. Jack, you got 15 seconds, brother. Add something. He says he says he's good. All oh, right. I thought, come on, Jack, you had 15 seconds, man. Anyway, folks, 713-526-5738, extension number one. Is Jack going to give me 15 seconds? 713-526-5738. Yeah, uh, 713-526-5738, number one to donate, number two to be on the air. And, uh, you know, I just never understood the tenured system we use for putting our presidents up there. I think we ought to go with our best talent. I got you. you. Know, the progressive, the progressive people put them. Up you got there that right. You got that right, brother. Let me just do one last call. 713-526-5738, extension number one. Van Beber, thank you so kindly for coming out here to handle those phones. And, of course, the one and only, the, the incomparable Senor Howard Reynolds, thank you for keeping all these things running. No, incomparable, incomparable. I know my words. Incomparable, sir. 713-526-5738, extension one. Please call, donate. We need your support. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.